Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. He is a longtime radio talk show host. These days you can hear him on WPG. And uh, he is a former Trump casino executive. And you can frequently hear him as a fill-in host for Brian Kilmeade, who does a great job here on WABC every day from 10 a.m. to noon. He's a longtime friend of mine, Harry Hurley. Uh, Good morning, Harry. Thanks for starting your day a little earlier than it should be starting. Midnight. How you doing, Frank? I'm hanging in there. Uh, Harry, I know uh, in addition to your expertise regarding New Jersey politics and all things Atlantic City, you are a keen observer of the geopolitical scene. Give me your reaction to what we're seeing with Russia and Ukraine and uh, the the tumult in Eastern Europe. Well, it's terrible. Uh, I, I also think it was avoidable because obviously for the past four years, Putin didn't even look at Ukraine and I believe they looked at what happened in Afghanistan. They saw weakness. They saw a terrible uh, handling of that. And I think it emboldened Putin to get very uh, provocative, aggressive. And now, as your listeners are always awake for Frank Morano on the other side of midnight on 77 WABC, there's a full-scale invasion as we speak Uh, Putin has said some of the most dangerous things any world leader, especially a world leader with nuclear weapons, has ever said. And he has said if any nation in the world gets involved, that you will see things that the world has never seen before. I mean, if that's not KGB code for uh, his nuclear weaponry, uh, I don't know what is. Uh, It's a a tipping point. The Dow futures are down about 800 as of a few moments ago. It's going to be a rough day on Wall Street. Energy is a big issue now. Uh, A lot of problems, Frank. And then, of course, uh, President Xi in China is now looking at Taiwan. Uh, Iran is looking to go nuclear. Uh, The world is very different than it was 13 months ago. Now, uh, President Trump, who, as I mentioned, you had a professional relationship with in the casino business, but who you were also a a big supporter of and said so publicly on the radio. He was on uh, the Fox News channel yesterday with uh, Laura Ingram, and and he's being uh, criticized a little bit for some of the comments he made to Laura Ingram. Here's a small bit of what he said on Fox News last night. Had a side with a beast. And now he sees the weakness and the incompetence and the stupidity of this administration. And as an American, I'm angry about it and I'm saddened by it. And it all happened because of a rigged election. This would have never happened. And that includes inflation and that includes millions of people pouring in on a monthly basis, far more than three million people. And they're coming from 129 different countries. We have no idea what's happening. And they're destroying our country. President Trump, we actually have just hold on. I'm so sorry. So uh, he's being uh, criticized even by some of his supporters for going back for one in a previous interview, referring to uh, the Russian aggression towards Ukraine as genius. And then in that Laura Ingram interview, uh, again, bringing up 
the idea of a rigged election. And then uh, some people are saying that's why Laura Ingram interrupted him to go to a uh, a briefing by the Pentagon. What's your take on how President Trump is handling this Russia-Ukraine situation? Well, he's always easy to criticize because he speaks in a way that no one has ever spoken before that's achieved the presidency. If you break them down one point at a time, put it all together, and it, and it just looks like, like a shotgun blast or something, taking a piece out of 20 corners. But Afghanistan was a disaster. I thought that was a fair comment. The president will always believe that the election was rigged. He's always going to stand by that. So he slips that in there. At this moment, that probably should have been left out because it's not helpful. Uh, He believes it, though, so he's going to say it, and it's top of mind to him, even though a lot of people would like him to stop talking about 2020 so that Republicans can win 2022 and then 2024, you know, come back in 2024 and and start talking about winning the presidency a second time. Uh, And some of the other points, I mean, they're not unfair. I mean, the only thing that that probably some of the um, peanut gallery can take shots at him for is bringing up the 2020 election because they go crazy. Let's not forget, though, Hillary Clinton is still not conceded. Uh, Stacey almost Governor Abrams said that she got cheated and that the election was rigged. So the other side does it. They never acknowledge the 2020 election and legitimacy of President Trump, and they get away with holding him accountable for not or the 2016 election and they get away with holding him accountable for not uh agreeing that the 2020 election was on the up and up how is he any different than them now that's a uh, fair points all harry harry uh, if we look at the polarizing issue uh, not in washington dc not in eastern europe but in your city of atlantic city a lot of that is over smoking right now and there's a big debate over whether or not smoking should be prohibited in casinos. It seems like this push is getting renewed momentum. Break this uh, down for us, Harry. Why is this issue coming to light all of a sudden, seemingly again, the issue of whether to ban smoking in casinos? And could this be the year that it finally happens? Okay, on the first point, the reason it's uh, happening now is because Senate president, former Senate president, good friend of mine, good Democrat, proving there are good Democrats, uh, Steve Sweeney was defeated in his election. As you know, the, the leadership of both the Senate and the Speaker of the Assembly, even if the will of the body uh, has the votes to do certain things, if the Senate president doesn't post it, it goes nowhere. Senate President Sweeney was never, ever, ever, never going to post the smoking legislation. The votes have been there. Uh, this is going to happen. I mean, it, I don't even think it's an earth-shattering breaking news report on the other side of midnight with Frank Morano on 77 WABC. It's, it's, it's happening. Uh, the votes are there. It will be posted this time. That's the only thing that kept it from happening in the past. And the casinos had an, exem- an exemption carved out in the prior legislation so that parts of the casino could still have smoking. You're very familiar with the um, industry. Tried and true, there was always just this belief that some of the biggest players love a drink in one hand, a cigarette in the other, love to gamble, don't take the cigarette away from them. Other jurisdictions haven't. Don't make Atlantic City not be competitive. And so it stayed. There was a lot of opposition to it. What also fueled it was during the pandemic, when indoor face masks were required, you could not smoke and casinos did well. 
So it was like, hey, you don't need the smoking to do well. We already proved you don't need it. Now, in fairness, big difference between pent up uh, demand and then you could go back in and people knew with a mask on, there's no way that you can smoke. So they accepted that. Once that was removed, the smoking came back. I'd like to see a compromise. Make it non-smoking all the way around, but have maybe smoking lounges so you could have a glassed-in area or some kind of completely separate area with HVAC. Because as you know, I, I mean, I've seen you. Uh, uh, no, I'm a, I'm, I enjoy a cigar. Like a cigar. You know, absolutely. Yeah. While playing craps or, you know, having a drink. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I am, look, I'm cognizant of the fact that uh, I don't want all the people that don't get, a, you know, that are working in these casinos getting sick because of all the secondhand smoke that you're exposed that they're exposed to but uh, it, is, it would be nice if there was a place a lounge like what you're describing that would uh, allow a cigar smoker or a cigarette smoker uh, a refuge yeah. and because historically that's always gone hand in hand with Atlantic City and with casinos i mean it's like having a church without without allowing prayer it's it's true from the from the traditional way of looking at things. It's removing an amenity, if you will, something. And let's face it, in some cases, if you're going to have a gambler play for an extended period of time, smoking is, as you know, a significant addiction. Sure. So they want to smoke. They, they, they chemically, you know, their body is telling them they need to smoke. They need that nicotine. They need what, what they have become addicted to. I don't think we're going to see um, a hybrid model. I think it's going to be all or nothing. Mm. And I believe that the will of the legislature and Governor Murphy has indicated uh, without question that he will sign it. Uh, I think it's going to happen. And Atlantic City casinos will be smoke free. The there was a report I saw that came out uh, this week, which indicated that if this smoking ban goes through, it could cost casinos twenty five hundred jobs or so. Now, who knows how much of that? Is the industry trying to protect itself from your perspective as a casino executive? Do you buy those numbers? Do you think that a smoking ban in casinos could cost 2,500 jobs? No. Uh, I know that it's easy to say because it's a hypothetical. Let's go back in time. Do you remember when restaurants went non-smoking? Oh, sure. I, I like going okay. to bars and restaurants a lot more now than when they allowed yeah. smoking in Jersey and New York. Same here. Listen, I lost both my parents to endocarcinoma of the lung. They were uh, World War II era folks. My father had the, the cigarettes in his rations, you know, in World War II. Doctors wore lab coats and said that smoking is good for you, that it helps with your digestion. I mean, it was just a horrific thing to watch. Uh, I despise cigarette smoking, but as a former casino vice president, I am mindful that there is a portion of your clientele that really wants it. I wish there could be a way to satisfy that. I don't think it's going to happen that way, but no, I don't buy the 2,500 jobs. And remember, if everybody is on an equal playing field, sure. now, now you know there's, there's a proliferation of gaming coming, uh, you know, your neck of the woods at, at some point. And do they go non-smoking? If, if one jurisdiction has an advantage because they allow it, then you're going to have some loss of casino play. But if everybody has, you know, the same playing field, it's not going to matter. And no, 2,500 jobs will not be lost. Uh, the gamblers will come. And just like with dining, 
you get used to it. And you remember, they would have a non-smoking section, and the booth right next to you was smoking. Right, section. you'd have to crawl crazy. through, uh, uh, yeah. you know, 40 feet of tobacco smoke to go to the yeah. men's room or something. It was yeah. rough. Plume of smoke. It was rough. So, uh, but, but look, the restaurants and the bars, everywhere that used to have smoking that no longer can, everybody, you know, in, in no time at all, accepts the rules of the game. They're going to love to recreate. They're going to love to play at their favorite casino. They're going to love their dinner at their great restaurant and their great suite in the hotel. It, it, it will be an adjustment period, but it, it will be fine. So when we spoke, I think the last time that we spoke on the radio was uh, early December. And what I mentioned uh, to you at the time is even when Atlantic City has historically had a rough time, they always sort of rally during the uh, the summer months and the couple of weeks before summer, the couple of weeks after summer. Even when Atlantic City was at its nadir, it always did well during the summer. Winter is always a little bit of a question mark. Now that we're in the right in the middle of winter and, uh, you know, a month into it, how has the winter been treating Atlantic City? Busier as compared to previous years or about the same? I'm going to say a little busier because obviously Omicron has let let go a bit. Um, I spoke to Dr. Neshwat from Fox News yesterday. She had one case in, in the past something like two weeks, uh, and that, that's in the Big Apple. So things are, are getting better in that regard. The casinos, Atlantic City is not a seasonal town anymore, as you know. It's a 12-month town. And remember, when the off-season, if there is, there is a shoulder season. I mean, obviously, summer is gangbusters. But during the shoulder season and off-season, if you will, you have the Meet AC, which is the tourism uh, arm of the city. They're they're doing a great job uh, putting people in beds, having conventions, having meetings. Uh, Atlantic City is doing very, very well. No one is complaining. And sports betting is doing phenomenal. You mentioned sports betting. Recently, a month or so ago, New York went full throttle into sports gaming, not just sports gaming at casinos, but now as a New Yorker, you can bet on sports right from your mobile phone. I had been curious what that was going to mean for Atlantic City's gambling bottom line. Has that had any effect yet, or is it too soon to tell? Uh, it's going to have an effect. I mean, remember when when Mohegan Sun first was Foxwoods, no big deal. Atlantic City didn't. It was a dent. Nobody felt it. Mohegan Sun opened up in Connecticut. Oops, a little bit, little leakage. The big thing was when Pennsylvania got casinos, and Atlantic City lost a huge amount of convenience gaming that would come from Philadelphia. Somebody just wants to play a slot machine or do something, that, that, and they don't want the full recreation, the full experience of the room, the dining, the entertainment. Then they stayed in, in Pennsylvania. That hurt a lot. And then you see as the, the gaming expands in all these other jurisdictions, uh, it, it absolutely affects. The thing about um, sports betting, let's not forget, Chris Christie did it. That case was dead. Mm -hmm. It was going nowhere. It had been settled case law. Dollar Bill Bradley sold us out. Christy Whitman sold us out. We had two years to get it on the ballot and get it passed. The former speaker, Garabet Chukaitayan, refused to post the bill. The votes were there, just like we're talking about earlier, Frank, on your show. It died, and the Democrats trashed Chris Christie, 
for taking it to the Supreme Court. It was a Hail Mary. They granted what's called certiorari. They took the case. New Jersey won the case. And look how many jurisdictions around the country now have sports betting. That was something until that happened. Vegas had a monopoly. Uh, So that's huge. And yes, I mean, sports betting in New York is not helpful to Atlantic City. But you know what? This pie is big. And when you, you know how some of the rules are that, for example, if you were in Florida, you can't play the New Jersey lottery. Right. Your phone, it knows that you're a thousand miles away and you can't play. So some of the If you're in Nevada, you up. can't play Powerball. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So um, it, it'll be OK. It'll be fine. It would be if you're being parochial, you'd rather them not have it. But there, there's plenty to go around. It'll, it'll be just fine. Uh, if people are just tuning in, we're talking with Harry Hurley. He is uh, the, a terrific radio talk show host. He's somebody that knows New Jersey politics as well as anybody. He was the first uh, person, first broadcaster from South Jersey in the New Jersey Broadcasters Hall of Fame. Uh, so also a terrific philanthropist, uh, and uh, I am a regular attendee to his charity dinner every year, and uh, that always results in more than one story uh, to tell. Uh, Harry, uh, I am curious, one of the issues that we've been studying and chronicling over the last couple of weeks and months has been the announcement of a new water park at Showboat. Some people are very optimistic about this. They think it's going to be an attraction that uh, attracts uh, an atypical person to Atlantic City or provides a a lot of opportunities for folks that uh, uh, may not want to gamble but happen to be in Atlantic City because they're there with their parents or their uh, relatives of some sort. Other people are saying this is not the right project for Atlantic City and it's not going to do well. As somebody that's observed the scene closer than anybody for literally decades – do you think that this water park at the showboat is going to do well? Well, I hope so. There was a late great casino president, Dennis Gomes, who did Tivoli Pier at Tropicana. It was a full-fledged indoor amusement park. I love that. I used to have a lot of fun. I, I, I used did. to go with my grandmother. I, I loved it, too. Didn't make it. Uh, baseball didn't make it in Atlantic City. Basketball didn't make it in Atlantic City. Hockey didn't make it in Atlantic City. There is a concern that only gaming and those things that surround gaming, the hospitality rooms and and meetings and conventions and things like that work in Atlantic City. Uh, Bart Blatstein, who is the owner of Showboat, and Frank knows that, but for Frank's listeners, the guy is a winner. He's done things in Philadelphia that are just absolutely amazing. Uh, He tried to do big things on what's called the uh, Ocean One Mall, the pier uh, shops formerly of Caesars, and then Caesars sold. uh, And that's closed right now. That didn't make it, and he had big plans. Uh, I'm concerned about past being prologue. However, he is all in. We've interviewed Bart Blatstein many, many times on this. In fact, I have – a lot of um, renderings. We were the first to break the renderings uh, of his water park. It, it will be the largest indoor water park in America, one of the largest in the world. It is opulent. It will have uh, an island feel to it where you can have your own cabana uh, and recreate. Uh, you, don't, you don't even have to go into the water park section, food and beverage, uh, I, I think it has a shot. Mm. I think it has a good shot. And obviously, Bart Blatstein uh, is putting a lot into this. Um, I'm rooting for it. Uh, I'm concerned about the past, 
but I'm optimistic about the future. And um, one of the the other properties that seems to be investing and expanding and renovating has been Bally's. There's a couple of nice new restaurants there. I was at uh, Jerry Longo's Meatballs and Martinis. It was a terrific place. Uh, there are apparently, under the new ownership, plans to expand uh, a wide variety of things. And this week... They unveiled 222 new hotel rooms. You know, for the last few years, Bally's was always sort of the sort of the bastard redheaded stepchild of the boardwalk properties, sort of the place that you might hang out at if, you know, if you couldn't get a room anywhere else or if everywhere else was too crowded. Uh, Is this a new era for Bally's as far as you're concerned, Harry? Oh, there's no question. The, The promise is there. And also, as you know, from what you just outlined, Frank, the reinvestment is there. Bally's, one of the things you never want to be, and you remember the casino industry used to be boutique owners, and whether it was Steve Wynn or Donald Trump or Merv Griffin, and it was very different. When it became more corporate, and you still have with Morris Bailey and Resorts a boutique model, but when it became more corporate, that property that you're talking about, which at one point was one of the biggest performers in Atlantic City, was put on the toxic asset side of the books of the corporate structure. And you never want to be there because then that's just just the death of a thousand cuts because no reinvestment, the rooms go bad. You always have to stay on top of, you know, the physical plant. So the, the, when you ask the question, how is Atlantic city doing? Look at the reinvestment in the town. Every single property is upgrading the physical plant adding amenities, adding restaurants, adding rooms, as you just said. Uh, The future is bright there because the new ownership is putting money back into the place, and they're not putting good money to do bad. Uh, It's a a very optimistic sign. One of the most talked-about congressmen in the whole country, especially over the last couple of years, has been your congressman, Jeff Van Drew. He was a Democrat and a conservative Democrat always, uh, was supportive of uh, some of Donald Trump's policies, got a lot of blowback from his own party, ended up becoming a Republican, won a tight re-election race two years ago. He's been criticized by a lot of Republicans this year for voting for the infrastructure package. And uh, I know uh, yesterday was his birthday. He was on the radio with you. You know that district better than anybody. How does it look for Jeff Van Drew under the new redistricting lines? And overall, how do you see the congressional races playing out in New Jersey this year, south and north, if you care to comment? Redistricting isn't done yet because it's a cat and mouse thing. They each get several maps. The maps as we know them now, but it's not the final map, Van Drew's district becomes even a little bit stronger because there's a town that's in District 1 that will come back to District 2, and it is a Republican town. I'm interviewing Jeff Andrew at 3.35 p.m. today when I fill in nationally for Guy Benson. And we're going to be talking a little bit about that, but of course now, especially with the full-blown, full-scale invasion uh, of Ukraine, uh, that's going to be the thrust, you know, of the interview. We would have talked more about redistricting, uh, but you know, just like you do, you sure. go, you go where go the priorities. The yeah, yeah, take you. Uh, that's not going to be a big deal in District One or District Two. Testa wins one, Van Drew wins two. Let's not forget, Van Drew beat a Kennedy by a wide margin, one of the most well-funded mm. opponents in the country. And Van Drew won by a lot. And not even – I don't even want to do this like it looks like I'm correcting you. 
that misnomer about how close that one election was, Andrew won by almost eight points in America today. That's not close. Yeah, that's, that's um, true. That's fair. Yeah, he's not had a he has not had a close election. It, but the but the 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 urban legend, the myth, is that it was close because before all the votes were counted, uh, he was only up, I think, by like four points or something. But he came close to doubling that uh, when late vote tallies were put in. So he was not at risk. Uh, he had a comfortable win, uh, and he'll have, uh, I believe, an even more comfortable win. Let's not forget. Uh, last year was a wave election. This is going to be a supernova wave election. It's going to be a very rough year for Democrats. Let's not forget in the last election cycle, the longest serving Democrat in the state, Steve Sweeney in District 3, lost his seat to a guy that spent like lunch money on his campaign. Yeah. The, uh, the, so the next possible right now. The next time you're here, Harry, I'm going to ask your, uh, you to handicap the uh, New Jersey gubernatorial election uh, in 2024 because some people are saying that Steve Sweeney may still be a candidate for that. And Jack Cittarelli's already indicated he's going to be a candidate for that. Do you have a date for your dinner the, this year yet? And any honorees picked out, Harry? Uh, I can't say the honoree because we don't have that. Um, nailed down but if all goes well it will be a very familiar name oh boy and uh we'll, we'll be sending out sort of a little tease in the not too distant future and the um the dinner is set uh for and we know we moved it to october uh we are set for friday october 14th wonderful i'm looking forward to it i will be there as I am uh, every year, and I will look forward to uh, seeing you and speaking to you many times before that, Harry. Appreciate it. Next time you fill in for Brian Kilmeade, let me know in advance so we can tell the audience. My Facebook page, because it was on there for the last two days, Um, I want to congratulate you. I know we're out of time in this segment. I want to congratulate you on your absolutely monstrous ratings. I hope, because you don't brag, I hope your listeners understand you are doing uh, an average share that few broadcasters in the history of our business have ever achieved. Could not be more proud well, of you, my friend. Harry, I appreciate it. And uh, in, at the risk of sounding patronizing, I've learned a lot from you. And uh, throughout uh, the time that I've known you, you've always been available, whatever hour, whatever shift, whatever station I've been doing. And uh, I'm grateful for uh, you, you being a good friend to me and the medium of talk radio. And certainly well, to you Atlantic You own the City. other side of midnight, my friend. You own <laughs> it. And uh, you're dominating. Harry, I will see you soon. I will speak with you soon. Take care. Thanks for the opportunity to be on your show. You, can, he, you can hear Harry Hurley regularly as he fills in for Brian Kilmeade. And uh, I guess maybe you should look at his Facebook page a little bit more closely than I did because I missed that, that he was filling in. Harry, H-U-R-L-E-Y, on Facebook and other forms of social media as well. 